Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Doctrine Matters podcast. I am looking forward to this episode. I am interested in its contents, and some of you may have clicked on this simply to see what we were going to be talking about, and I am going to be talking about something that has been talked about for years and years, but seemingly recently in our culture, it has really become a buzzword. There are many things surrounding this one word, and that word is woke. And the question I have for you is, are you woke? And I will say this, if you if you are not woke, you better be woke. Now, some of you that have listened to the podcast before may be wondering, Stephen, what is going on? Why are you telling us that we need to be woke? Well, it's simply because you need to be woke. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at what it means to be, quote unquote, woke from a biblical perspective. And it may not be as it sounds. But first of all, I'll say this, that the term woke has really just ramped up over the last couple of years when it's uh, come to our culture, our society, the things that we see happening uh, on a weekly basis almost, especially back in the summer, all during COVID, we saw all of this happening. And Everybody inside the church and outside the church seem to be using the word woke. So what does that really mean? I think it's very helpful for us to understand what being woke means from a culture, society standpoint, and sadly, it's made its way into the church. But Owen Strayan made a a really good definition on a, a blog post that I read. He says, and I quote Owen here, Wokeness is a mindset and a posture born of critical race theory and related systems of thoughts. The term itself means that one is awake to the true nature of our society where so many fail to see it. In the most specific sense, this means one sees the comprehensive inequity of our social order and for the corresponding need for racial and social justice. Now, this is essentially what it means to be woke in society today. And again, as I've already mentioned, sadly, this wokeness has made its way over into many churches across America. And I love what Owen says here. It's the term itself means that one is awake to the true nature of our society where so many fail to see it. Now, I mentioned that this term woke has really ramped up over the last year and a half, two years, especially over the time of shutdowns and lockdowns and riots and different things like that that we saw over the past year in 2020 as a result of COVID, as a result of George Floyd's murder, uh, as a result of many different things that kind of collectively come together. We saw this social and cultural war take place, and you're either woke or you're not woke. If you're not woke, you're kind of seen as an oppressor. You're looked at as uh, potentially a white supremacist or racist, things like this. If you are woke, you seem to be 
on the good side, or if you're in the church world or a conservative, you're looked at as really left of center and you need to sit down, so to speak, because it's a godless worldview that has no bearing in the church. It should not be in the church. And even in our culture, even in society, these worldviews shouldn't be held because they do more damage than good, in my opinion. But we are not going to be talking about wokeness as we see it in America as we see it in our culture, as we hear it on podcasts and radio shows. What I want to talk to you about on this episode is you being woke from a biblical sense. And we're not even going to be talking about racial reconciliation. We're not even going to be talking about social justice in any form or fashion. We're going to simply look at the Bible and see what God says when when he says it's time for you to awake. And we're essentially talking to believers only on this episode of the podcast. So if you're a believer, this is going to be really important for you to listen to, to understand, and to be able to walk forward in your faith in Christ, putting off everything else that is not of God, that we do not find in his word, and truly being woke the way God has called us to be woke. Now, I will say this, that over the past year, year and a half, with COVID and lockdowns and restrictions and masks and all of these things, there was a lot of talk about our freedoms and the government and the overreach and the tyranny and all of these things that seem to be happening. And many people would say, now, as Christians, how are we supposed to interact? How are we supposed to Uh, pushback if so? How are we supposed to live as Christians in a government that God has essentially ordained, as we see in his word, that he sets up and appoints kings and he removes kings? Now, uh, this has been a back and forth debate for a year and a half, as I've mentioned already, when we start talking about freedom. So a specific book of the Bible would be mentioned over and over and over, and that is Romans chapter 13. Now, I even defended a position from Romans chapter 13, and the heading in my Bible says, be subject to government. Every person is to be subject to governing authorities, is verse 1. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Now, I'm not here to rehash all of that, but what I will say is that I have spent some time talking with and and communicating with people about my view of Romans 13. So as I think about that in light of government, in light of shutdowns, in light of mask mandates that happened over the past year and a half, I think about Romans 13 specifically as a submitting to the government type passage of Scripture. So that is the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Romans chapter 13. Now, if if you're wondering where I stand on Romans 13 and the government, I think that we have a God-given duty to submit to the governing authorities, to pray for the governing authorities, but when they cause us to sin, when they try to tell us that we should sin, when they try to promote sin, I think it is the job of the believer to push back on that and to defy anything that we would see as sin from the Word of God. So I think we live in a very interesting time, but really no different than there's always been in the past, and there always will be. There are always going to be debates on Romans 13. There's always going to be rights and wrongs and and how far you can go and and how how much you need to retreat from the government and just submit. Uh, There's going to be a lot of different angles and a lot of different thoughts from people on Romans 13 when it comes to the government, especially in America. 
But I am not going to talk about that here today. But it's interesting to me how we use Romans 13 as uh, we can even slide into being woke just by just by how we exegete Romans chapter 13 when it comes to the governing authorities. Or we can not be woke and be conservative and be strictly held to the Word of God in our view of Romans 13 as well. But today I was reading Romans 13 because I, I thought to myself, there's got to be more to Romans 13 than just what we spent all year uh, trying to dissect and understand from an American point of view. So I started reading the second half of Romans chapter 13, and I get down to verses 11 through 14. That's essentially 11 through the end of the chapter of Romans 13. So if you have a Bible, if you have a, an app on your phone, if uh, you just want to listen to the scriptures, I believe that these scriptures are extremely important for us as believers. And this is where I'm going to ask you again, are you woke from a biblical perspective as we see it in Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14? Essentially what I'm asking you, and you'll see this in the scriptures as I, as I share it with you, is are you awake? Have you slumbered long enough? Have you slept long enough? It is time to awaken. It's time to be woke to the things of God and not the things of this world. So let me just read this to you real quick. Romans chapter 13, starting in verse 11 through 14. The word of the Lord says this, Do this, knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from sleep. For now, salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. The night is almost gone, and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. See, what we essentially have here is the Bible, Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul's letter to the church at Rome. He is saying to put off this self-seeking, self-pleasure, self-fulfilling, desired nature that you have. Put that off. You have been in that for so long. Salvation is nearer now than the first day that you repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is time to wake up from your sleep and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We see here this, this phrase, salvation is nearer to us than when we believed. Salvation is this process that is ongoing. As we are being sanctified and being made holy, our, salva our salvation is becoming more and more complete as well. The Bible talks about he that began a good work in you will bring it to completion. So our salvation is not just kind of a, a one and done or a one hitter or a one off and we're good. Salvation is this process where we work out this salvation in fear and trembling, Paul says, where God is going to bring this to completion in the life of a believer. And one day when we stand perfected and glorified bodies in eternity before Christ, that is when our salvation will be complete. And until then, we still need to be working out this salvation in fear and trembling. The Holy Spirit works in and through us to help us be more like Christ, to bring this salvation to completion. But we have to put off the flesh. We have to stop living back in the darkness in which we have been called out of. 
The Bible is clear that we've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. However, we are people of the flesh. We are still sinful people, even as believers, both sinner and saint, simultaneously. But we like to, at times and seasons, slip back into the darkness. We like to wrap those chains around us that have been broken and loosed, and we want to live in sin because we want to seek self-pleasures or desires or the things of this world. So we turn our backs on God to do just that. And there may be times where we continually stumble over sin, that we live in seasons of sin, that maybe when maybe it's a time where we fall once or twice and we get back up and we get back in line with Christ and his word. Either way, we spend time turning our backs and going back and slipping into this darkness that we've been called out of. And the Bible is telling us it is time to cast this off. I'm also reading the book of Ecclesiastes in my quiet time and in the mornings when I'm just reading through the word. And I've really noticed and I've known this, but it's it's really interesting to see, be reminded, I must say, that chasing after things of the world, chasing after self-pleasures, self-desires, these things are fleeting. It's like chasing the wind. It's worthless. They're going to leave us empty, yet many believers still want to chase the wind, so to speak. We still want to chase the things that are sinful, the things that we have been saved from, the things that we should put off, that weight and sin that easily entraps us and entangles us. We should lay that off of us instead we run back and put it on and live in that world. And the Bible's saying it's time to wake up. It's time to get woke biblically. It's time for you to stop living in the flesh and you start living in Christ. You put on Christ. As a matter of fact, let's read this again. As you're working out your salvation in fear and trembling, as the Holy Spirit is working in you to bring this salvation to completion. The Bible says the night is almost gone and the day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. If we were to flip over to Hebrews chapter 12, we would see almost the same type of language here. It says, therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Some say Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, I would say 90% sure that I think Paul did. Either way, the language is similar here. Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Either way, whether you're reading Hebrews 12 or you're reading Romans chapter 13, we are to lay aside this sin that we have run back to, that we have been entangled in. We need to lay it aside for the glory of God, and we need to move forward in our walk with Christ and walk in that light that we have been called to. The night is almost gone. The day is near. Therefore, let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us, verse 13, behave properly as in the day. That is a thing that I've seen at times in my own life. You've probably seen it 
in your life. You've probably seen it in other people's lives where people that profess to be believers, people that you would say are, are probably 100% a believer, you've seen them produce great fruit. They get in a, a season of sin or maybe they get in a time of where they fall and you've seen them not behave properly. And the Bible is calling all of us that we need to lay this aside. We need to behave properly as in the day. And we need to lay off these worldly things, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity or sexual immorality, as other versions of the Bible say, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy. We see so much of this in our world today. We see so many people trying to be like other people that they're jealous and they become bitter and they become enraged when other people get the things that they want or they get so engrossed in trying to be like somebody else that they miss the fact that they are called to be like Christ, to be holy because he is holy. We see these jealousies. We see strife or quarreling, as one version says. We fight and we argue and we bicker and we we become bitter and just frustrated with one another because we live in sin. We want what somebody else has and we don't get it. We see something that somebody may have done to us and instead of responding biblically, biblically and forgiving that person for sinning against us, we want to hold on to it, hold a grudge against that person, and then we find ourselves living in strife, living in a quarrelsome relationship, whether that be with our spouse or our kids or, or, or someone at church or our neighbors or friends or coworkers or whoever the, the people may be, we find ourselves quarreling over, when we boil it down, sinful desires, pride, different things like that. But the Bible here says you need to wake up, set all of these things aside, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ, as it says in verse 14. And make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. I love that the Bible teaches us that we need to make every thought captive and make it take every thought captive and make it obedient to the Lord. I think that when we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and when those thoughts enter, when those that anger wells up, when whatever it is, when that desire comes up, if we would take those thoughts captive, if we would run to God in prayer, if we would get in the word, then we would put on the Lord Jesus Christ in that moment and we would not give the desires of our flesh a foothold in our life. The things that we want to run to that are sinful will be cast off because we are running to Christ, because we are worshiping him, because we're giving him glory, we're exalting Christ and we're building one another up in the process. We make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. We crucify the flesh with its passions and its desires. Jonathan Edwards says we mortify or we mutilate the flesh. We kill the flesh. We kill sin or it will be killing us. We have got to put off this sinful nature. We have got to put off these sins that we are caught up in, these things that we run to instead of running to Christ and instead of running to the Word of God, instead of running to gather with believers on Sundays, on the Lord's Day. We've got to put off these things of the world and put on Christ Jesus. He is the one who brings us hope. He's the only one that could have lived this perfect sinless life 
and go to the cross and die on our behalf. But we don't teach the gospel to ourselves on a daily basis as we should. We don't remind ourselves of the goodness of God and what God did for us by sending his only son to die on the cross. We don't think about the bleeding and the beating and the spit and the beard plucking and the crown of thorns and the scourging and all of these things. We don't think about this thing on a daily basis because we get so caught up in the things that we need to do, the things that we have to do, and the things that we want to do. And we find ourselves running around so fast or we find ourselves going from one place to another. We find our thought life so full of things that we need to do for the week that we can't even take a moment to put on Christ, to meditate on the the word of God, to focus our eyes on who God is. We have gotten so busy and we've fallen into sin, whether it be neglecting the word of God, whether it be pride, whether it be lust, whether it be sexual immorality, drunkenness, strife, quarrels, whatever the case may be, we neglect the word and we will ultimately see this darkness fill up in our lives. When we get in the word, we're going to be convicted of sin and we're going to be putting off that sin. The Bible is clear that it exposes who we are The book of Hebrews is clear that it's a double-edged sword. The Bible is. The Word of God, it penetrates, it slices open all the way down to the bone and marrow and exposes who we really are. And if we have any sin that we know of or sin that may be hidden, sin that we may not even be aware of, the Bible will call it out. So the way that we can put on Christ is to get in His Word. If we're not in His Word, we're going to be immersed in the world, and we're out in the world every single day. We're at our jobs. We're at Walmart. We're everywhere our day takes us. We are out in the world. But the Bible says that we have been set apart. We have been called out from the world. Therefore, we should be different from the world. We should act different. We should talk different. We should look different. We should go to different places than the rest of the world. Not that we're holier than anybody else, but we've been set apart, positionally sanctified before God, removed from the wrath of God, and then sanctified in this progressive sanctification that makes us more like Christ. And as we're becoming more like Christ, we put off this sin. We put off this darkness. We don't no longer slip into darkness and stay there, but we get out of the darkness by the grace of God. And we run to Christ, not back to our sin. Proverbs talks about like a man or or like a dog that, that returns to its vomit. So is a man that repeats his folly. I've talked about this before to my congregation and in small groups and one-on-one conversations that dogs are bad about throwing up and then eating it again. I know that sounds gross. I hope you're not eating breakfast or lunch or dinner or anything like that, but dogs will do that, and we'll look at them and say, what in the world? That is disgusting. However, the Bible says that's the way man looks when we sin, and then we run back to that sin, especially when we've been forgiven we've been called out We've been saved. God has redeemed us through his son. He's called us out of that darkness, yet we run back to it because we love it, because we want it, because we think we have to have it. And the Bible equates us to that dog that returns to his vomit. It's a very disgusting picture to us when a dog eats his own vomit, and it's a very disgusting picture to God when his children run back to sin and stay there.
especially when he's called us out of it and into his light. So I want to encourage you, wake up, Christians. It is time to stop being entangled in civilian pursuits, as Paul tells us in the book of Timothy. It is time to stop being engaged as much uh, about all of the things that are going on in our culture. Yes, hear me. We need to be aware. We need to engage the culture, but we do it with the Word of God. We do it from a biblical framework. We don't do it from a worldly perspective. We bring the Bible into the culture. We don't bring the culture into the Bible. And if we do bring the culture into the Bible, we mold the culture to fit the narrative of the Word of God and then go back out with that. We never let the culture dictate how we should live as believers. We let the Word dictate how we live as believers. So we should immerse ourselves in the Word first and foremost more than anything else. And then we take what we know and believe as Christians and we go out into the world and combat the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ and pray that God would save and change people's lives. So we have to be people that are not slipping in the darkness and staying there, but let's get back in the word. Let's lay aside that sin that so easily entangles us, and let's run this race of endurance that, that the writer of Hebrews calls us to. So are you woke are you woke in the sense of Romans chapter 13, 11 through 14? I pray that you would take some time to reflect on that. Maybe as you're listening to this or after this is over and over the next few days, are you putting aside sin? Are you letting the things of this world get you down to bother you, to cause you to be hostile or angry with somebody? Or is the things of the world causing you to sin? We need to take steps back and reflect on this and focus on the Word of God and then go forward in grace and love, not the other way around. So I pray that you would wake up, that you would cast off sin and put on Christ. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless.